0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. author of fantasy romance, and all of the wonderful places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. The other sort of festive holiday mug that we have um, for those of you not on the video—it's a. Um, uh, I don't know, sort of stylized peppermint swirls, white and red and green. Just exactly the sort of festive mug that I love. And my Nespresso shipment arrived yesterday. So I have a replenished supply of the fabulous cocoa truffle flavor. So all is right in my world. Today is... Tuesday, December 1st, last month of 2020. We are almost all the way through 2020. And that is something to celebrate, right? I know that we are all um, superstitiously not saying anything about 2021 being better. One of the best quotes I saw um, was by a photographer on Instagram uh, who does beautiful photographs of the New Mexico landscape and I don't know if he came up with this or not, but he said, I thought 2020 would be the year that I would get everything I want. And instead it was the year that I learned to appreciate everything I have. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think um, for all that it has been a difficult year in so many ways It's, um, has really made us ratchet down the pace of our lives and made us pay attention to what we, what we do have and what we value and not to, um, you know, all of the things we took for granted, you know, like all the years that we traveled for Thanksgiving to see family and grumbled about it. And like this year, I couldn't, and you You say, well, you know, like all those years where it wasn't like exactly the thing we wanted, but at least we um, got to have them and we will have them again. I made a caustic remark the other day when, uh, when I was cleaning out the master bath and I was noticing how much of the stuff I have is geared towards travel. And I said something to David about, oh, I know part of what it was, is I put up. I have some miniatures of little. I I, I don't think I need to say both miniature and little. I was starting to edit myself there. Um, I have miniatures of pictures. Some are photographs. Some are paintings. I like the paintings and I've picked up a few in various places. I have a wonderful little framed painting Uh, from St. Thomas. That's just, you know, like a beach and a palm tree. And it's, it's really beautiful. I have another one of the Scotland Highlands that I think may have even been a postcard that I had mounted on foam board. So now I can't really tell. And a few other things like that. I wish I had more. Uh, And that was something I said to David was, if we ever get to travel again, remind me that I love having these little paintings of landscapes at the places we have been, you know, and he, and he said, we'll get to travel again. And I think he was being nice to me because he was sort of spinning tales of like the places we would go. And it's not that I think we won't, uh, but it was just kind of a, it all, it, it's beginning to seem unreal that we lived that life, you know? So I realized that I don't think I got any in Ireland. Um, And I might have to like go through my photos of Ireland and print one out and have it foam board mounted. I might do that for some of my other trips that I don't have good landscapes for, see if I can find those because I do like having those where I can see them as I get ready in the morning. Um, and, and I like having things like that in my office too, because it helps give me ideas for landscapes where I'm setting stories. So I think that that's, um, an interesting question for, you know, like when people ask, uh, where do you get inspiration? How do you do world building that kind of thing? Uh, that is one way is by looking at photos of landscapes because there's a tendency to like set everything in the forest or the village, especially if you're writing famously, right? And it's, it's good to branch out from that and to pick different sorts of landscapes from there. So my next, um, I have to decide what my next step will be, but I think I'm going to redo my office. Uh, I don't want to put up with the uh, chaos in between. I like having my office the way I like it. So I have to pick that. So let's see. Um, Update on Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince. It's coming along very nicely. I have... um, past 70,000 words so we are closing in on the end I did not end up um, going back and revising not yet I came back from my Thanksgiving break feeling pretty um, revved up to keep going on the story and I got my 3,000 words a day yesterday Uh, and amusingly enough I ended up with something like 52,000 words for November so even though I wasn't doing nano, was like oh I actually hit the nano mark. I think my um overall average I could look yeah, my overall average is something like forty seven pounds of words a month, which includes editing. You know like overtime, so you know some months are higher, some are lower depending on whether or not I'm doing revising or editing. So. Uh, I'm feeling good about where I'm at with Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince. Uh, It's a fun story. And then I have a secret surprise in the works. I might be able to announce that on Thursday. We shall see but there may be something coming that uh, it's a little bit in flux so I don't want to say anything yet. But we shall see what happens. So one of my notes, something that I'd meant to talk to you guys about. Uh, This comes back around to like the idea of redoing my office and what I want to, to be. I do have a dedicated office in our house. When we bought this house 11 years ago, I knew I was going to be working from home for the day job. And so that was a high priority in choosing a house was that I needed to have a dedicated office space. Because that is one thing, and many people have discovered this with the pandemic, working from home, it's really important to have a separate dedicated office space. Um, Partly to create those transitions between your home life and your work life but also for quiet and so forth. And of course, not many people had homes already adapted to that. So, you know, like I know a lot of people who were, you know, like working in the living room while their partner works on the bedroom and, you know, or at the kitchen table and that sort of thing. And it's a big transition in a writer's life to go from, Um, sort of grabbing your words in whatever corner you can to having a dedicated space for it and many of my writer friends were also impacted by the pandemic because they would go to coffee shops or cafes to write and then they were not able to do that and it really disrupted their writing routine so even before we moved into this house I had our old house I did have a the guest bedroom, which was this huge attic converted attic room um, was I actually had two desks. It was big enough that I had two desks, one for day job, one for my writing desk. I don't have room for that in this house. But then in 2015, I quit my day. Well, I was laid off from my day job and went to writing full time. So this office where I am right now is my writing office. And it's It's where I spend most of my day. And I have always referred to it as an office. Um, Maybe some of that came from way back when, when I had the combined day job office and writing room. Uh, I don't know. I, I bring this up because I have had a friend who was a writer who was steadfast about not calling it an office. And I absolutely agree that words matter, but she called hers a study and it was this tiny little room because she had a small house and they had sort of carved it out of, I don't even know what it used to be, like maybe a former pantry or something. I mean, it was like that big, tiny little study and she insisted on calling that. And she even went so far as to say that she thought that I should call my own office a study. She said, because it's not, it it mattered to her because of the creative aspect that she, for her study, evoked the creative aspect as opposed to the, I don't know, working. Um, For me, I don't know. It's interesting to think back. I, I do think words matter, but what's most important is what they mean to you. And for me, you know, like for a lot of my early career, my office was a laboratory. I, you know, I had a desk in a laboratory, so I didn't really have a separate space. In graduate school, I had offices here and there, um, but they weren't places I necessarily liked to work in. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I don't mind the term office, but I do think it's important to have a dedicated space. It's it helps with the ritual. You know, I talk a whole lot about uh, putting yourself in the right frame, creating that structure so that the creativity can flow in. Uh, You know, it it goes back to this idea that you never find time to write. You have to make time to write. I also believe you need to make space to write. And having a dedicated space can be hugely important. It also serves as a cue to the other people in your life who think that you're not doing anything just because you appear to be staring at a wall. And that you are therefore available to uh, do something for them. (laughs) which we know is not the case so it can be difficult especially if you don't have the luxury that I did of buying a house and saying I have to have a dedicated office space and and mine is was actually I mean it's it counts as a bedroom on the real estate thing but it had been set up as an office there's like a power strip on the wall and that sort of thing But even if you can't have an entire room set aside because your family is filling up your house or your small condo or what have you, uh, it's good to have an area that you can block out, you know, and you put in your your noise canceling earbuds and you're not looking at anybody else. And it's, it's this space that you create at least mental barriers around. It's ideal if you can create physical barriers, but if you can't, then you create the feeling of barriers. Uh, There are ways to define spaces and you can look up feng shui on this sort of thing, but you know, like sort of turning so that the couch back serves as like a mini cubicle wall because people don't sit on the couch backwards typically, unless your children are trying to annoy you, but that's something else. If you create it so that the room faces away from your space you can define the space and then what you put on the walls of that space can really matter i talk a whole lot about influencing the subconscious and sort of the idea is that you put in what you want to come out so you want to make sure that what you are perceiving what you see and hear and feel and smell that all of those things are things that you want to come back out creatively. And again, I know this can be not easy to control, but to the ability that you can, it is a good thing to control. Um, Putting up images, things that, that really, give you that special thrill that you love looking at that can be important. Um, The music, it doesn't matter so much what the music is. I'm a silence writer, but many people are, uh, prefer to write to music. Make sure that the music is something that feeds you, that makes you feel creative, that makes you feel inspired. Um, and that feeling of inspiration, you know, it comes from, Breathing, right? You know, to inspire is to, it's like to fill yourself with oxygen. So that feeling of inspiration should feel like when you've taken a lot of deep breaths and it's singing through your blood and you feel excited. You want that feeling of enthusiasm and excitement. So you want to choose your images and your music that way. If you like aromatherapy. Go for that same kind of feeling and create sort of like this little bubble around yourself. As I redo my office, I am going to make some changes. I mentioned not long ago that I feel like I made a mistake by following it with someone else's suggestion. I thought that's a really good idea. They were saying, oh, your covers are so beautiful. You should have them all framed and hanging in your office. So I did that for the first five Kensington books. So on this wall over here, I have the Mark of the Tala, the Tears of the Rose, the Talon of the hawk, the Pages of the Mind, and the Edge of the Blade, all framed, and they look nice. But you can see what the problem is as far as creative inspiration, right? If I want to feed in what I want to come out again, well if i'm feeding in former book covers then i'm sort of just like putting back in something that's already come out uh even though i didn't create these covers there's still um images that came from those stories and i think that it doesn't work <laughs> uh they're pretty but it's like why am i why do i have um why do i have images on my wall of stuff that's already done instead of the things that fill me with excitement. So since the pandemic, I have created on this other wall that's to the side of my desk. Um, what I think of is my zoom background and my zoom background, uh, has like my big poster of the fiery crown. Uh, it shows my awards. Uh, I have my books arranged. So I think I'm going to do more of that to create uh, a suitable Zoom background because clearly uh, that part of our lives will not go away. Even when we get to return to actually gathering in person, I think we will be continuing to do um, online stuff, video conferencing stuff. So I definitely need to keep my Zoom background. So I'm going to recreate that. But then elsewhere in my office, I am going to have it be all things that I like to look at. And so one, one stage of that, and I'm going to move you guys just a little bit. I did go ahead and put up these pictures. It's probably hard to tell what they are, but I had some of my sorceress moons book covers in those and, uh, in those frames. And I decided, okay, I'm going to start at by taking those out and putting up some pictures that I previously hadn't had room for. So that's a, a local artist. She actually lives not not far from me in our neighborhood, and I really love her, her stuff. We have a, um, one of the cool things about where I live in Santa Fe is we have studio tours, and maybe we'll get to do those again. Uh, the next one should be, I think, in May. And you get to go from house to house and see people's studios. There we are back. See, artists call their offices studios. What do you call your writing space? I, I'm curious now. Uh, but it's it, that's something that's inspiring to me. I also love, one of the things I love about living in Santa Fe is going to the galleries <clears throat> and looking at the art. that the the various people have put up that seeing other people's art really fills me. So those are thoughts on um, what you put into your creative subconscious and offices versus studies and so forth. And that's it for me today. I'm going to go get to work. I'll remind you that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.